RadioInfluence.com. everyone and welcome to the friday edition of the dark delight podcast with frankie val on the drums and beans as i say every day it's friday today frank and i wanted to open up the show today with something very very funny oh good because we need to break it up sometimes right mm-hmm. yes ready make sure you're listening it's very funny. I wish you could see it, but here we go. I'm going to be teaching you how to use frog, frogs, pronouns, and sentences, so let's go. Yeah. You heard that? Frogs, frogs, frogs pronouns, and sentences. Frogs. Frogs. So this woman says, today I'm going to be teaching you how to use frogs, frogs, pronouns, and sentences. Oh, my gosh. And, and I, well, this is... um. I've seen things like this way too much to even think that it would be parody. In fact, parody like this wouldn't even land anymore. So I'm just going to assume it's real. Uh, It is real. Wait until you hear this part. This is hysterical. Yeah, that's it. I'm Republican now. (laughs) You win. (laughs) I'm done. I can't do it, right? I'm accepting, tolerant, inclusive, right? Whatever gender you want to identify as, binary, non-binary, but uh, not going to call people frogs. We draw the line at amphibians, right? You can't identify as a frog because you're, you're not a frog, right? You know that, though, right? You weren't cursed by a witch in a Disney movie, right? You don't hop lily pad to lily pad, right? So I, I, to call you frogs or frog self would be be a little ridiculous right frog frog self yeah i'm republican now <laughs> maga stop the steal <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's really as simple as it's been for a lot of people you can't um you can't <laughs> they i mean it went from clowns now it's frogs like what's next I love how uh, how he even threw it. He went so far deep, and he even threw stop the steal. At that yeah, point. <laughs> now he's re- he's really on the rights train. He's jumped right on over there, and uh, he's off to the races. Woo! So, yeah. Um, so we've got another decision in this Missouri versus Biden case, the censorship case. The government colluding with the uh, federal government, uh, colluding with social media companies. You know that case? Yes. There's a new decision that came out um, the other day. Uh, it's an order where they were saying, the the government was saying, we don't want these few people to, um, to have to sit for depositions. And it was like uh, the, the director of White House Digital Strategy, uh, the leader of CISA, and one other person. So they're like, we don't want you to have to sit for depositions. Um, and they filed a mandamus petition with a higher court. And a mandamus petition is basically, hey, judge, this other judge did something terribly wrong. Step in, please, and stop this from happening. Like General Flynn filed the mandamus petition in his case when the judge wouldn't drop the, wouldn't allow the DOJ to drop the charges. Mm-hmm. 
that's when it's used, not when a judge orders that people who have actually done something need to sit for a deposition in a case. So this judge took that. They, they came to him and said, while this mandamus petition is being decided, we would like a stay on these few people. We don't want them to have to be deposed as quickly as you've said, because we have this other decision pending over here. And if that decision goes our way, then these people won't even have to testify at all let alone in an expedited fashion. And they wrote a motion to the judge saying why it would be irreparably harmful and all kinds of other problems. And the judge basically said to them, go scratch, you're sitting for a deposition. There's no reason why you shouldn't. Like the, one of the examples they used was that uh, the director of CISA who said that she can now police Americans' thoughts is on maternity leave. And so to have her come back would be terrible. Just terrible. You can't you can't be doing that. Can't be doing that, Frank. Terrible stuff. So you got a few days off, though. <laughs> just, just a few. So it was and, and he's he's written this order in a way that basically says you're, you're trampling all over Americans First Amendment rights now. And this needs to stop. So you're having to come in and sit. Um, even though these people are high ranking officials, the burden imposed on their need to testify is outweighed by the need to determine whether the First Amendment rights of free speech have been suppressed. So this judge is like smacking them down left and right. This is the most important civil liberties case probably in the last 50 or 60 years. Easy, easy. Mm. It affects literally every person in the country, regardless of their gender or perceived gender or sexual orientation or skin color or whatever. So I am following it very closely, very closely. And uh, oh, I'm glad you are, because this is the uh, this is the most I've been following it. Yeah, and it, I, I might really appreciate the updates. The Intercept it, 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 based this whole thing on their whole piece on this case. Remember the Intercept piece that came out the other day and it went yeah. viral. That was based on this case. So it's super important. As a matter of fact, I think Citizen Free Press had it up yesterday. Tracy Beans on the most important case you've never heard of. <laughs> I gotta, I have to keep up with it. That's that's for sure because it's. I can see how important this is. Um, people in the chat, Frank, are still talking about your pre-audio podcast proposition. No, they're not. Brahma just Oof. sent us a two dollar super chat and said two bucks for uh, two bucks for two shirts. Woohoo, shirtless tea. <laughs> shirtless Fridays. Woo! See, like uh, my idea was to to do you know t shirt Fridays where someone sends us a t shirt and we have to put it on and wear it. But that that could be fun. That could be fun. I, and, and you want know, the other thing too is I have uh, I brewed coffee this morning. Mm-hmm. I, uh, last night, I set the coffee to brew for 8 a.m. So it'd be nice and hot. Just grab it, 8.20, go downstairs. And still, I I, uh, I just opted for my salt water instead. <laughs> so, I, so, you know, I have these ideas. I think they're all going to work out. And then I, I scuttle them myself. So shirts, shirtless, coffee. That's that's. That's the way it, that's the way the cookie crumbles. You just it's, go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um you you sometimes forget to put your shoes on. It all depends on what you're, what you're doing. I know. I don't I don't 
I don't know. I don't like, I don't particularly like having to get up and get ready and like, you know, dress a certain way and have like, I, I have my schedules, go to the, go to the Dunkin', get my coffee, come to the office, do my show prep. That's the most I schedule for myself. Oh, and you did, you did cut your hair. Yeah, I did. Looks, looks great. Well, thanks. What made you notice that all of a sudden? Because I, I, because I saw the end of one piece of hair by your cheeks, and I realized it was all one length on Monday or yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Looks good. Thank you. I left the, I left the length, but I did the little curtain bang thing. So, you know. All right. Now let's move over to some midterm talk. I've got Carrie Lake here um, saying some real funny stuff yesterday on uh, Fox News. Here we go. But I was a little concerned today, I'm going to be honest, when I saw Hillary Clinton bad-mouthing me. <laughs> and she, lo- she looked angry and actually scared and, and uh, just uh, completely unrelated. I want you to know, just in case you're wondering, I'm in perfect health, my brakes on my car are in good shape, and I'm not suicidal. And we're going to win this thing on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, and, and Hillary looks haggard. She- I mean, she always does now. But haggard haggard they're um really freaking out um listen to this next way carrie lake is a genius here's the next question she got which she handled like a pro here we go chris bickley from cbs news Hi, chris. i don't know if you've seen this ad attacking you that's which, the, which one <laughs> which one which one chris the uh the the mother of brian signet the capitol police officer that died uh the day after january 6th she, in, in an attack ad, is saying that people like you specifically are responsible for her son's death. I'm curious what you think when you hear that. What's her name? The mother of Brian Sicknick? Yeah. I think it's Cindy Sicknick. Cindy, I just want to say to Cindy Sicknick, I'm so sorry about the death of your son. It, it is tragic. I'm a, a mother myself, and that is, uh, it breaks my heart. It's a, that is a wound when you lose a child, no matter how old they are, that never heals. And so I don't want to disparage her. She doesn't know me. I wasn't anywhere near the Capitol on January 6th. And I understand that her son died, I think, the following day of a stroke or natural causes. And I I feel for her, and I I see the pain in her eyes. And I would never try to disparage or hurt her, because I know when a mother has pain like that, there's no way to heal that. And that's why I feel for these moms and dads who hit me up on the campaign trail, and they grabbed me. And you can spot them from across the room. There is a, a loss in their lives that can never be replaced. And we're losing thousands of young people. When they tell me they lost a son to fentanyl, when they lost a daughter to fentanyl poisoning, um, this is why we are pushing so hard to secure that border and stop fentanyl from pouring across. I'm yeah. used to attack ads. I've had probably more money spent against me than any candidate in Arizona in attack ads. But the people know me here. They're not believing what they're seeing in the attack ads. I've been in their homes for 27 years. And additionally, besides attack ads, I've had 100% negative lying coverage by the fake news of me and my campaign and our people. And so we've withstood that. And we will win. And we're going to do great things for Arizona, despite what you guys say. Damn. That was the most masterful when did you stop beating your wife retort. Yeah, I, I mean, the way they asked the question was meant for her to be defamatory about a grieving mother, and she handled it perfectly. 
the inside of the reporter's head. He's all he's probably holding the uh holding the microphone going, You son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Damn it. We just can't she's so slippery. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but the, but you know, they're just that petty now. Uh they're that predictable, that petty, and it's and that ineffective. They're in, completely ineffectual as a uh, a, they're not a media organization. There's some sort of a, an intelligence opera, a quasi intelligence operation inside of a psych war. And <laughs> um, and that, that just did not uh, it didn't work. I love that. I love that. I love that. How even just ever so gently to be able to reaffirm that Brian Sicknick died the day after from natural causes mm-hmm. from from a stroke. Yeah. Not from. Not from an attack of somebody or anything like that, and just ever so slightly put laid that down as well, and then with went such right compassion, to, yeah, because yeah, she meant and, and it. it. True. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, listen, it, it, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the it's the other side. It's the side of the reporter and everybody that he serves that takes that and tries to swing it as a cudgel. It's it's uh it, it's terrible. And then to go right to the grief and to connect with that real grief that makes you do a lot of things uh it that grief makes you do a lot of things say a lot of things and lash out in different ways at the world and the people around you at times it changes you forever i know it i know it firsthand and um you know and it's it it's sad and for her to take that and of course pivot to something that is related to her in arizona because her race for governor has nothing to do with, with what happened in DC. Right. Nothing. Whatsoever. She's not even but, running for like house or Senate. She's running for Arizona governor. You see, you know, did rich, did you ever hear rich Barris explain? Uh, it, he puts it in, in great historical terms as to what, what uh, he believes that Democrats are doing with this, this nonsense with January 6th, aside from them always needing something to be toiling away with. No, uh, he said, if you look at because the history is something that is settled at this point, uh, an incumbent president, it is you can write it down, put all your money on it. They're going to get slaughtered at the midterms mm-hmm. after they uh, they're put in. Now, obviously, Biden has a little bit more going against him because nobody wanted him when he was elected the first time. So the the, the problem here is the only other time in history that we had seen an incumbent be, you know, lifted up in such a way was after 9-11 mm. because they had they had some uh, they had some kind of a rallying point there where everybody wanted to go to war, link arms and and fight the people who just supposedly attacked us. They are trying as and, and it's it makes total sense because it, there's a lot of different operations going on but as far as a cover a face a mask that they put on for the community to see it's very easy to see here that the Liz Cheney's the Adam Kinzinger's and everybody else the the January 6th thing they need it to be 9-11 so bad yeah. because then it could be the only thing they campaign on and try to maybe maybe in some way reproduce that push that they had in 2001. That's interesting. I never thought of it like that. Oh, I, when he, he when he put that it, that way to me, I said, oh, they're I, trying to. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
I never even thought of it like that. And it failed so miserably. It does, but they still try, as you I can see. I know. And everybody knows it was nothing like 9-11. Oh, that's, that's, Rich is a genius sometimes. Yes. He really is. Yeah. I, I, I was on uh, with Professor Larry Schweikart the other night. Um, and Rich was right before me on the show. We were talking midterms and um, just love listening to him. I mean, you know, I was introduced to him through you. And since then, what he's been able to accomplish has been something really quite I think amazing. I was introduced to his work through Finch. Oh, really? How did you get I, him I, on the show? I was looking for a pollster. I, I, yeah, this was this was years, years ago. Years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe before 2000, around 2017 or whatever the hell it was. Rich was not being followed by very many people, very accessible. Now he's 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 on the biggest shows in the world and stuff. And uh, I was looking for a pollster because I wanted to talk to an expert there. I don't believe anything that they publish in, you know, on the, the big platforms and all that. So uh, Finch was like, you check out this guy, Rich Barris. So I, I did. And I uh, I got him on and we became fast friends. And then uh, his career started taking off and it it is, you know, it was nice. Yeah, he. You were like, you got. We have to have Rich Barris on the podcast. You have. We have to have him on. And it was what years ago when we had him on because we've been doing this show for five years now. And I'm sure he would come back. Oh yeah. Maybe we, maybe we can do a post mortem with him uh, after the the election. I did the uh, 2020 election night with him. Remember? Remember that? Yes. That was fantastic. We're not you, doing. You weren't you in Arizona? I was. Yeah. That was a fun night until it wasn't anymore. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of, of, you know, elections, Project Veritas came out and grabbed uh, Isaac Gudino from the Nevada Democratic Victory Office. He's a field organizer. But I want to say before we do that, Frank, did you see Biden's nonsense the other night? The speech? Yes. You OK, so. There were statements put out before that speech about what it would be saying that were put out by the DNC. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but shouldn't we not be paying for that as taxpayers? Man. Like, well, we shouldn't be paying for anybody's salary at NPR either. Did you see what they did, NPR? What? There no, was what? a Greg Price, I think it was, and I'm not going to do it live on the show, um, posted a clip that NPR played of an actual abortion being performed. Oh. The, the, oh. the audio of it only. Why the audio? Like, so why? I didn't listen to it. I, I can't listen to it. Like, I don't even know what it what it exactly is. People were describing it. We don't know. Like, there's no context surrounding this. So I don't know why they released this clip or put it on the air. But talk about taxpayer funded trash and evil um but if if biden is giving a campaign speech for his party using the presidential pulpit isn't that like the most massive hatch act violation in the world even though he didn't say who he was voting for or tell people who to vote for like if the dnc knows his speech beforehand and is, is dolling out talking points to the press yeah, that, they don't. If it is, which I, I wouldn't be able to line out the the legal points of it all, even if it is, they don't care. I mean, I saw the 
uh, there are so many things about that. First of all, it's just still so ironic to hear these people talking about election denialism with their history and um, and then and then to even spend time on the hammer. The hand that you they, they, you you heard the, the lines about you know the pretty much tying in again try, they they had to staple together the Paul Pelosi attack with what's going on with right ring white ring white wing extremism right wing <laughs> uh, it's a, they it's, they need to try to staple this thing together this teddy bear of theirs and um, the the weakest. The weakest attempts to say, well, this is MAGA Republicans, the very, very small minority. Mega MAGA Republicans, a small minority of which you were driving the entire party. Then you have no problem. I mean, even in statements like that, where they're trying to they're trying to put like the, the blush and the lipstick on the pig by saying, look, I'm being moderate and reasonable about this. This is nowhere near the majority of Republicans. Then you have no problem Mm -hmm. because because if a a very small minority of people who I I won't even call them Republicans, I hate talking about the party names, that people who don't vote Democrat, if they vote at all, if it's that small of a minority, then there's no, no way that you'll have any problem defeating them at the polls. No. Everybody else is going to be acting moderately and voting for moderate candidates. And they go on to say right after that, Frank, that there are over 300 election deniers running for office across the country. Because we're such a minority that 300 people are beat, went through primary, beat their opponents, and are now on the ballot. (laughs) Yeah, a very small insignificant but dangerous minority <laughs> were able to win 300 primaries plus <laughs> <laughs> right. against the establishment machine that's on your side yeah yeah and the turn they're turning miami red i yes the funniest <laughs> thing was well first of all mail-in voting in new york frank mail not mail-in voting early voting in new york is like a fraction of what it was in 2020 a fraction oh yeah it's way down way way down hold on why do you think that is it's either a lack of enthusiasm on the part of the democrats or everybody's voting in person because there's no more covid and and everybody's saying it's down it's like i think it's something like 27 percent of what it was so like here let's see i've been following um hold on hold on here it is Okay. New York mail-in voting or early voting. I keep saying mail-in voting. 7% have voted in D.C. I mean in Manhattan as compared to um, 2.91% of of the Bronx. New York City early voting stats through day six. The Bronx woke up a little bit today, but not a ton. New York City remains at about 35% of its 2020 totals at 246,833 early votes. So it's at 35% of what it was in 2020. 35%. When 200-something thousand is 35%. Oh my God! The early voting is so ridiculous. But it's still it's it's a good sign for the Zeldins of the world in New York. Yeah, it certainly is. I just, uh, 
man. Well, you know, if people if people show up early to vote, that's fine in person. But I, I just still I just don't like these J, these these uh, penny saver mailers ballots out there just floating around. I can't stand them. Yeah, no, I know that's terrible. We know we all know that's a problem. But um, you know, this isn't fend- like the people that rely on early voting are not happy right now because they're not getting it. They're not getting it. And that's like we talked about our measure of how and where things are going. But they got their way. I was saying about Project Veritas in Nevada. They got their way into this uh, campaign, um, the Democratic campaign sort of machine in Nevada. And let's let's hear what they had to say about Hispanics, because um, in Nevada, that is a very important voting block for anybody because they make up a very large percentage of the state and they are the hardest workers in the state. They do a lot of, um, they, you know, they're, they're a very large contingency of, of the population there. So here we go. If there's any reason we lose, it'll, it'll, it'll get some over Republicans. They're just muy machismo, like, hey, you know, I don't like gay people. They're talking about being pro-life and being pro-family. Somebody got smart enough to write their shit in Spanish. In the great state of Nevada, one of the most competitive midterm battleground states in the country, the fight between Republicans and Democrats over the Latino votes is on, especially in the U.S. Senate race between Catherine Cortez Masto and Adam Laxalt. Now, in the past, Democrats may have taken the lion's share of the Latino vote, but this time there is concern within the Nevada Democratic Victory Organization. It is not going to happen. Listen to what Isaac Godino, campaign field organizer, told our undercover Project Veritas action journalist. I ran into, I think we talked about it a little bit, but a, like multiple uh, Hispanic Republicans, they're like, yeah. like I was shocked. It's I don't crazy. know why that surprises I, people. Like, well, don't, don't they traditionally vote with us? Have, have you ever like spoken to it like a, like a, like a like Hispanic? Because like when you do, it makes more sense. It makes sense, but also not at the same time because. They're mocking. That's everybody's issue of conflating like Hispanics only care about like immigration and liberal. You ever talk to like a lot? Again, I come like, you know, they're just muy machismo. Like, hey, you know, I don't like gay people. Do you see this? I don't like gay people. Like he's mocking Hispanic voters. It gets, I'm going to keep, I'm not going to. Listen, I love it. I love it. And I hope more and more people see, just more and more people see, hey, you know, I don't like gay people, they say. I mean, you, you keep pushing the, the ridiculous sex and abortion stuff. To people who have very strong fa- familial values that you can't take away. And, in, relig- and religious and, roots that you can't take away. Yeah. They were always going to lose them. They, they, they assault, were- I know, they, they exploited the lack of culture in certain subsets of the population to their advantage and underestimated completely how very important that is to some subsets of the population like hispanics and italians too you know this this sense of like culture is so important to them family uh it, it all of it religion like you said well, this is a. I also like to see this this um, this phase in the coping 
because you know right now they're still sitting back in their little their little you know the i don't know prissy little way and uh kind of you know, i thought they voted with us oh, a couple of republicans here now it, you're losing them a lot more and still they're in a place where they can kind of joe can be snarky about it but soon they're going to get angry they're going to get desperate and um and then they're going to start saying things that are very very unsavory mm. very unsavory because remember i mean you know joe biden it, it, joe biden was actually bailed out in many ways by the media and by the three days you know three days after the fact the george floyd nonsense started going on but when he flat out told everybody if you're trying to figure out whether or not you should vote for me or donald trump if you're you know african-american you ain't black i know i mean that, that and remember 13 he's vying at that point for a portion of 13 percent of the population because just like when people say new york city wherever new york city goes so goes the state of new york mm-hmm. well that's only that's only if the state of new york rolls over because out of eight eight million people in new york right well, out of third uh, out of 13 percent of the population who votes when they vote who do they vote for you know they're not monolithic it's racist and stereotypical to even assume that but of course the mental programming what they thought that they had made good investments in that they had the 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 reason they had the the ability to say that and not have anything bad happen to them they're getting to that point with hispanics but the problem is that hispanics have children they grow their families they're becoming more and more of a, uh, a, a a vocal force in the United States. And as I said, if we're going to talk about culture wars and we're going to talk about wars at the border and um, and um, and everything else, the migrant crisis in the Western Hemisphere is a lot different than the Eastern Hemisphere. We may not uh, we may get to a point where we're all we're all celebrating the same figures in the same American history again. And they, they discover the, 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 the brilliance of the founding fathers and all that. And, and somewhere down the line, we're able to enjoy that together again, sing the same song. That would be beautiful. Same. It would and, be. But, and it would be but, such a, such a weird turn of events, given that we were under the impression forever that this would be something that destroyed that for us. Hey, have you guys ever stopped to wonder why internet access is so much cheaper these days? It's like 40, 30, $40 a month. It's because internet service providers aren't just making money off of the subscription fees that they have every day. They're, They're also making money from spying on your internet activity, and then they sell your history and data to big tech. So think, you know, 2,000 mules, um, et cetera, so on and so forth. They're making a ton of money off of your internet activity. So what's the best way to make sure that 100% of your data is encrypted and that your ISP can't get a hold of it? You guessed it, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN creates a secure tunnel between all of your devices and the internet so that everything you do online is encrypted. It reroutes your connection through a secure server, which blocks your ISP from seeing everything that you do online. All they can see is that you're connected to ExpressVPN, but... Everything behind that is, is blocked off for them. And it's not just for your phone or your computer. It actually works on all your devices. So tablets, smart TVs, even your router. So your entire family can stay protected and not have to worry about anything. I can't stress this enough. ExpressVPN is so simple to use. All you have to do is open up the app, tap a button, and that's it. Your data 
is your business. Protect it at expressvpn.com slash dark to light. Visit expressvpn.com slash dark to light to get three extra months of ExpressVPN protection for free. That's expressvpn.com slash dark to light to learn more. Well, it won't be in our lifetimes if it does happen. I'm just saying it's, but for now, we have family and we have Christianity that are are things that we have in common right now. That's not happening in the Eastern Hemisphere where you have Syrians and North mm-hmm. Africans coming in into Europe and and there's there's nothing that they hold in common and you can see what the hell's going on there. Um, so this is something that can turn around in our favor very quickly, um, at least in in some very dis- in ways that you're seeing right now where the native culture is uh it's happening with a lot of um, american muslims too you saw you saw them at the at the the school meetings where in minnesota or somewhere in the uh, in the midwest uh, anybody with any kind of religious uh religious belief and moral compass that has been held intact democrats are walking on thin the ice is gone so uh i i, they, I they, I just wanted to pull this up. This this lawyer, Dean Obidala, whatever his name is. Um, whenever anybody like turns off the replies on their tweet, you know it's not going to be good. As a lawyer, he says, I'm going to do research to see if Elon Musk is in any way t- lied on his application for U.S. citizenship. I'll be making a FOIA request for his immigration application. If he lied anywhere on his application, we will move to strip him of U.S. citizenship. Stay tuned, right? Now, there's a million things wrong with that. Number one, you can't FOIA for someone's immigration papers, okay, you moron. (laughs) You're, You're a moron. They would have to be like, yeah, he can have them. Like, they'd have to consent to it. You're an idiot. I wonder wonder what his opinion on on, on the 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 push to understand a little bit more of Obama's origins was. Well, that's what everybody is saying. Like, now do Obama. Now do Elon Omar. Now do, now do, now do, now do. But... This is what the left thinks about immigrants when they don't toe the line, which when they don't obey, when they don't obey, which brings me to Kanye's last nonsense. Have you seen this? What? Everybody watching on Rumble, if you're having a fun time, share the show and give us a little Rumble Plus. Getter, share the show on Getter too, please. Um, Okay. Kanye put this up yesterday. What should be obvious by now is that I was raised to stand for my truth regardless of the consequences. So I'll say this again. I was mentally misdiagnosed and nearly drugged out of my mind to make me a manageable, well-behaved celebrity. And he shares a tweet from, I mean, a, a text from Harley. Um, oh gosh, what's his last name? Uh, hold on. Harley, 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 Harley. Shoot. Pasternak. Pasternak, who he was at Harley Pasternak's house when he was committed the last time, Frank. Okay. What happened? Where did it go? So this is the text message he gets from Pasternak. I'm scrolling through the screen. Everybody watching me can see me trying to find it desperately. Desperately. Here it is. He says this, Harley does. He says, I'm going to help you one of a couple ways. First, You and I sit down and have a loving and open conversation, but you don't use curse words and everything that is discussed is based in fact and not some crazy stuff that dumb friend of yours told you 
or you saw in a tweet, okay? Second option, this is where it gets really creepy. I have you institutionalized again where they medicate the crap out of you and you go back to zombie land forever. Play date with the kids just won't be the same. Uh, We're talking about satanic awakenings. Yep. Now he's breaking through. He's already broke through multiple, multiple layers of this MK ultra mind control stuff. I don't know how much is there. And as I was talking with Kathy O'Brien and Roseanne about it a couple of weeks ago, um, they both hope all the, all they really had wished is that he had not gone so public until he was really had all this behind him. Cause obviously there's still a little, little bit of a crisis there, but he, in the past he had talking about that sunken place. Yes. That he had gone to in that sunken place. And that's that's where they keep you. And when they say, oh, well, we whenever a celebrity like Britney Spears has to go back into rehab or anything like that, they're redoping them. They're reprogramming them. They're patching up all the work that is starting to flake apart. And anybody who thinks that this is a conspiracy um, theory, you have a little bit further to go. You'll get there. Don't worry. You'll get there. (laughs) It's going to happen. Like a lot of people are like, oh, come on, you know, like people, but it, it just look at it. It's right in front of you right now here. He says this. I was told that if I expose the truth of bad business practices, everything is going to be taken from me, including my black children. And everyone is bore witness to the public Emmett Tilling of ye. But God has put something on my heart not to back down. And then he shares another text message from Harley. Anybody texting Kanye at this point? That doesn't realize, and maybe he does realize because there's another one stepping out of line, Frank. There's another one stepping out of line. Kyrie? Yep. And I don't understand. Here we go. Kyrie defends a clip he shared from Alex Jones before getting into it with the reporter. This is glorious to me because these men are strong. Strong. They don't give up. They don't care. They don't care. Like, he does not care what anybody says about him. He doesn't care. He has his convictions. Listen, I haven't seen that documentary that everybody's woo about, like, that's supposedly anti-Semitic. I haven't seen it. I'm not anti-Semitic. I know that. So I don't have to worry about anything that I say because I don't have any feeling for, it's not, whatever. I don't know what's in it, but they have taken this one post about this movie, Frank, and have you listened to New York Sports Radio over the past? Yep. Like I've been listening to it. I've been listening to uh, it was the other night. I listened to a very, very intelligent conversation between Evan Roberts and Craig Carton about I, uh, about who who you know, it, it wasn't about who should go and uh, talk with Kyrie Irving and have a dialectic. And see what could be learned from a discussion, trying to understand where he's coming from, what's going on. They were discussing who they should send as, uh, to debunk him. Mm. Who can we say? And they were going through, oh, well, the, the greatest interviewer of all time. We should send Howard Stern. Uh, oh, so yeah, send send an, uh, an atheist, non-religious Jew, Jew in name only, mm-hmm. uh, a Hollywood shill over to talk to, to, to him about what? Uh, what and they said no, no let's uh, let's send john john stewart 
So, so 100% when they're talking about it, they don't know how to approach the topic because going up against the ADL and any kind of uh, any kind of Zionist worldview is is the third rail in all things. You will lose your shirt. It's very dangerous to do it. Um, I have not gone too far into it, but I, I've read a lot. I have a lot of friends that are willing to talk to me about stuff. But it's just one of those things where the, the biggest thing I always noticed is when something is verboten, when you're not allowed to talk about it at all, it does not bode well for people trusting you. It's not a good foundation for a trusting relationship. And, and, and the fact that on New York sports radio, the only thing that they can possibly do is, uh, you know, try to do their best, their best, uh, their best denouncements of him. And I don't know, uh, disclaimers. Oh, I don't trust. I don't like what he's saying. Let me just say that right now. They, they, and then also, they wouldn't stop. I mean, like, they're like, you know, how, like, I think yesterday Carton was out there saying, how many times are we going to ask him to apologize before we're just like, okay, he's not going to apologize. Like, we know this guy, in our opinion, is this, this, and this. Just let it go. They were attacking him just as hard over his uh, anti-vaccine discuss- like d- d- decision. Basically saying, like, you, you, you are evil incarnate. You shouldn't be able to play in New York anymore because you won't get the shot. I don't know anything about this movie. It's just, like, the sheer nonsense of it all to me how they've harped on a social media. If they would have ignored it, nobody would have even said anything. <laughs> it's like the well, stray yeah. sound effect times 20. Yeah, I, I understand. Somebody had said yesterday um, that he, he sat out most of uh, most of the season with the NBA and lost over $14, 15000000 dollars just because he, he, wanted, he, he was not going to touch that shit whatsoever. And but he he can barely make it 48 hours up against the ADL because he discussed the movie. Let's listen to what he says here in this press conference. Alex Jones said that was a few weeks ago. I do not stand with Alex Jones position, narrative, court case that he had with Sandy Hook or any of the kids that felt like they had to relive trauma or parents that had to relive trauma or to be dismissive to all the lives that were lost during that uh, tragic event. My, my post was a post from Alex Jones that he did in the early 90s or late 90s about secret societies in America of occults, and it's true. So I wasn't identifying with anything of being a, campaigning, a campaignist for Alex Jones or anything. I was just there to post, and it's funny, and it's actually hilarious because out of all the things I posted that day, that was the one post that everyone chose to chose to see. It just goes back to the way our world is and works. I'm not here to complain about it. I just exist. And to follow up on the promotion of the movie and the book. Can you please stop calling it a promotion? What am I promoting? Put it out on your platform. But I'm promoting it? Do you see me doing, do you see By me in front of the, it out there, the People title? are going to say that you are Yeah, I put promoting. it out there just like you put things out there, right? Yeah, but I okay. I, it's not you put stuff. things out there for a living, right? Right, but my great, stuff great. is so not let's move on. filled let's with move on. anti-Semitic. Let's stuff. move on. Don't de- no, it's just filled with lies, dude. <laughs> hey, yeah, anti-Semitic <laughs> stuff. Uh, you know, we can't listen. Anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic stuff. Now, if you had put something out there that continues to uh, to to demonize white Christian men. And uh, and encourage depopulation and all that. I mean, that'd be fine because we know white people are terrible. <laughs> but, but gee, 
how could you do it? It's just ridiculous. I mean, they're all genocidal. They all stand by genocide of Western civilization. I mean, they all push genocide. They all push eugenics. They're abortionists. They they uh, e- even if they don't put their 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 hat into the ring and take a hard stance on something, they're so scared to lose anything that they just step aside and let the others who are willing to go out there and just destroy the world go ahead and do it. These are the most pathetic dogmen you will ever see. The media, that guy who's talking to Kyrie Irving right now, a pathetic dog boy. It's, and can't, just can't yeah, take him seriously. Oh, it's, 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 it's the worst thing you can be. It, it only started just recently. That's their next victim group. That's the next. They're trying to get the Jews back, Frank. Because the Jewish people have woken up also. As a matter of fact, the Orthodox Jews in New York have endorsed Lee Zeldin. That is like... <laughs> anyway, Because before- the only Jews they care about are Sarah Silverman. Mm-hmm. They, all, all they care about are the ones who don't give a shit. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. It's Friday. <laughs> that's the only ones they care about are, are, are the Western dupes. They don't care about anything. Um, real quick before we go on, number one, for some odd reason, I could have sworn that it did it on its own, but I didn't click go live on Getter, so we haven't been broadcasting the show on Getter today. It's only on Rumble. Um, I wasn't having to do that for the past like couple days. I guess they changed something. I don't know. Um, but anyway, and number two is free dubs. Says, happy Friday, everyone. Stay safe out there and don't forget to tune in to quitefrankly.tv for the show this evening. <laughs> I'll be talking about I'll be talking about a lot about coffee this evening. Coffee? Why? Yeah. Oh, well, my my buddy Christian, who uh, now who uh, cr- helped me create the quite frankly coffee roast, mm. the official coffee roast. Wow. I want I wanted to talk to him about roasting and beans and all that other stuff and all the coffee questions I always had. I, it's it's going to be a coffee segment. It's not going to be the whole thing. I'm going to be doing other things, but it'll be a nice little Friday night coffee talk mixed into there. You're going to talk about me and grinding me up and putting me in a coffee? Just throw you right into the ninja, up the ninja press upstairs. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's go to this real quick. And you know what we might do today? Actually, never mind. I changed my mind on that. Forget it. Here we go. Let's listen to this man, and then I'm going to show you what it reminded me of. Here we go. And a historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which which I'm not certain of. It's because you're trying to take them away. You. I I don't understand. If, if, If Republicans have a wipeout in four days from now why is amazon and barnes and noble and all these and all these publishing houses which are leading the charge in censoring and canceling people who write things that they don't like um why are they going to disallow history from being written i mean well they're they're trying to disallow amy coney barrett's book right now they're all all the publishers are getting together and writing in saying this shouldn't be if, if Republicans win, all the publishing houses have to be sold to conservatives. I, I don't get it. So stupid. Here we go. I don't understand. This is supposed to be a historian. Here we go. 
But if that is true, a historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future. We aren't a democracy. Even Marjorie Taylor Greene was parroting the democracy line yesterday. A democracy is mob rule. You guys understand, right? Out there in rumble land. Right, Frank? A democracy is 51% of the people decide what 49% of the people are going to do. Yeah, it's a it's a procedural mechanism that actually makes a republic work because at the lower levels of of the uh, of the system, you know, democratic one person, one vote um, procedures are are actually how we decide who our local representatives are. But it, it's the it's the when you talk about when you talk about federalism and that Russian doll approach, that decentralizing approach where there's so many layers and us uh, and and uh, separation that go on inside of there. Yeah, you, you can't separate a republic from democracy as a mechanism. But um, but it, to condemn anybody to a pure democracy is almost as bad as just being under a monarch. Yeah, it's it's, uh, oh, it's just as bad. But that's what it's they a, that's what they mean when they're talking about it. They're not talking about it in a nuanced way like you are, Frank. They're saying right. our democracy like. So anyway, their world, yes. their their world that we don't belong. I said this after the, the Joe, the Joe Biden speech the other day that, you know, you really need to be able to learn this inverted alien language that they speak in to understand how, what news reporting is really telling you to understand what they're really conveying, what ideas they're conveying and to whom they are speaking directly. They're not even talking to us. They're talking about us mm-hmm. whenever they go on the news. They're not talking to us. This is not our collective nation or, or a, a union of or any kind. So, I mean, that that's it. So once you've mastered their language, then when you listen to speeches, when you listen to idiots like this on, on network news, uh, it becomes a whole lot easier and at the same time 10 times more disturbing when you realize what's being said and what we're being set up for i mean uh joe biden's speech was a setup it the the ball is on the tee now for god knows how many scenarios we might be uh living through in yes. six seven days from now they needed it they need it here let's look whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed we're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. And I yeah, just, if everybody votes or, Democrat, arrested? On- you mean arrested? In, like you mean how children and their parents were dragged out of Popeye's chicken restaurants in New York City because they didn't have uh, experimental shots? Any proof of experimental shots jabbed into their arms? This isn't an or- accident. The way he said all this, it's not an accident. He he's not that self unaware. Like, he can't be. There, There's just, just no way that he just explained everything that's been happening already in this country for the past two years. And also that no matter what the hell happens in the election, the bureaucratic state and it all remains the same yep. still. Yep. The people who are the people who are swinging the axe now, who have been swinging the axe uh, during the Trump administration and will certainly be in in uh, in office and, or in their offices 
for the next two years until 2024 at least. Yep. They're all them. Uh, so who, who's going to be dragged away? I, Is it just rhetoric or whatever? Reminded me of this, Frank. You ready? See this? Melbourne, Daytona Beach, all the way up to Jacksonville. This moves 20 miles to the west, and you and everyone you know are dead. All of you. Because you can't survive it. It's not possible unless you're very, very lucky. And your kids die, too. This I'm glad he's jobless. He just he just lost it again, right? I, I, I was watching this live when Shep Smith did this. I was watching it live during Hurricane Matthew, and I was sitting there, and I heard him say that, like, and I, I, I just, I, I almost couldn't believe it, like. It's not possible unless you're very, very lucky. And your kids die, too. Thanks, Shep. That, that's you. glorious. Hey, listen, as I said yesterday, um, uh, when I was talking to, to my buddies on the 4 o'clock show that I do on Thursdays, I, uh, I'm, I have no, I, I'm not the, uh, a mob mentality person. Take this guy's, this, uh, this guy's, uh, uh, thing away. If you do a bad job, if you're, if you're a bad person, but there's somebody willing to employ you and there is some kind of a, a market for it, then fine. But the media has been largely propped up. And the fact that we see such a major house cleaning, the Cuomo's, the, the, the uh, Shep Smith, yeah. uh, Jake Tapper. Yep. The, the fact that there's such a major house Stelter. cleaning is great. It's fantastic because it's finally the market is is dictating what the hell is out there. That obviously the endless flow of money that has been supporting this ridiculous operation that no one believes in anymore yep. is just not coming in. You know, you think about what people like you and I and many of our friends have had to do getting pushed into into dusty corners of the Internet and trying like hell to compete and to 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 make a living doing what we love. And and, and how with with um, if the Internet were a fair place. I, I mean, we know that we we pull in so much more yep. curiosity, attention, yep. viewership than they could ever do. So to hell with them all. Because it's true. To, to hell with them. It's just truth. That's they all they deserve to lose their jobs if this is the job that they're doing. That's not me talking as an activist who wants these these lefties to to lose jobs. No, no. The market takes care of it on their on its own. Like the young turks have their audience that watches them, right? They all, everybody has somebody that will like, you'd hope anyway, like as a creator or as a person, you'd hope that somebody would want to watch you. As a matter of fact, I was watching something last night about Rakita. He was talking about, there's this like drama going on between lawyers, of course, and whatever. I was watching him and he was like, "Um, I don't care what you think of me. 500,000 people like me. And one person is not, until 500,001 people are yelling and screaming at me that I, they d- despise me, I don't care what you have to say. And it's. Yeah. You can't, you can't talk about it. And that's just it. We have a, a limited manipulated market to work within, within. If it's ever opened up to the greater public, Can you imagine? then it's, it's, it's over. It is. What's going on at the networks. It's. It's bittersweet because it's sweet because obviously this is what the market demands. 
everything that they put out there. The product is trash. They're not dealing in truth. Everybody knows it. And that's it. The the bitter part is um, it's not like they have had a come to Jesus moment at CNN or uh, CBS or ABC or anything like that. What they're doing is they're trying to reshuffle the deck and and try to figure out how they can freshen up their stupid, rotten operation there's nobody at these networks that care about the country or the world or people as individuals they don't care about that stuff they just say okay well the ratings are terrible we can't do it with this cast of characters anymore they're old they're saggy they're predictable we have to make it seem like we're doing something fresh you can't fake authenticity i know but the zombie is going to come back it's just yeah but you, you, you can't fake authenticity yeah you know you're right that you can't be like, all right, stand up there and be authentic. No, it doesn't work that way. And that's what people want. I said it yesterday, like, I want to play this undecided clip before we end today. But I said yesterday, like, like with Larry, I said, people are not, money is not the most important thing in politics anymore at all. And that's what has them shaking in their boots so much. Because look at the Tudor Dixon race. She's been outspent, gosh knows how much Whitmer has outspent her. In all manner of ways. And there, quote, like this, Tudor's like right here above her, like they're neck and neck, basically. It's not that. It's it's authenticity, integrity, love of country. And, you know, people want to be able to look at you in the face and have a conversation with you and know that they can trust you. That's what matters in politics now. It's, it's society-wide. It's amazing. Here's some undecided voters telling us what happened. Ready? Cycle, Carol, good morning. I am going to vote Republican this absolutely for every, the district, uh, the top level. Uh, After what the Democrats have done to this country in the last uh, year or so, I do not understand how people can continue to vote Democratic. I've noticed the ads in Massachusetts from the the Democratic side, and they're absolutely full of untruths. They do not give a good explanation. Milwaukee, voting for the independent this cycle. Bob, what election are you voting for the independent on? Um, Republican. You're voting Republican, not independent. I'm I'm an independent voting all Republican. And why is that? Because of all the propaganda and continuous lying about Social Security and Medicare. Mm. Every every cycle, the Democrats always bring up Social Security. The Republicans are going to somehow eliminate it. And uh, tweets and social media Hold posts on. as well. This is Kathy in New Jersey saying, I made my decision The day the Democrats took control of both houses and the presidency, they rammed through their progressive agenda without half of the country's input or votes. Thanks. And this is uh, memed us saying uh, in 2021 is when uh, they made their decision when the cost of a pound of shrimp became expensive. Uh, This from Publius saying when Biden and Schumer and Pelosi continued emergency spending beyond covid and flooded that excuse with corrupt and wasteful expenditures. I decided I was voting straight Republican at the national level. Divided government will dramatically reduce the damage. We need a breath. This next one is good. 
And Steve saying, uh, I decided when I was accused of being a fascist. I'm not, of course, but it helped me make my decision to vote Republican. It seems all the Democrats have is name calling. That's all over the damn country. And even 538 Nate Silver had to come up with some weird. He, he had this weird back and forth between himself and an imaginary person he created to try and explain why there would be a red wave. Nate Silver, he, he concocted this whole weird conversation with nobody. Hold on. Where is it? And then we will go. Damn it. Oh, yeah, it's it, well, it's a lot of talking to themselves, a lot of talking, especially with that, uh, because they, they know they they only in the last couple of weeks we've heard a lot about Medicare and Social Security only in the last couple of weeks, because all they were talking about is sex stuff uh, and abortions, Yep, which is repugnant to most people. Yep. Um, that it's repugnant to most people. And, I, and people like Rich Barris will show you, even those people who are pro-choice, if you push them just a little bit farther beyond where their very moderate views on the thing is, they, they think most of the abortion lobby is disgusting. And so they started they started mixing in Social Security. They're taking away your Social Security, taking away your Medicare. Do you understand? I mean, this is why we talk about Social Security, Medicare, all these programs should have never been implemented in the first place because a they're illegal they're unconstitutional but b it takes away everybody's autonomy when they go to the voting booth you think that everybody that votes republican is not dependent in on some way security, on social security on medicaid yeah yeah you, you think that you think that the tens of millions of people who are going to vote republican in a couple of days all want their social security gone that's why they're voting <laughs> It's, but they can't. They can't put it to. They're in a locked box. I, I just want. I, I agree with you. I, I want to say this before we go. We have this, obviously, like a lot of independents and even Democrats voting Republican and saying maybe I'm not a Democrat anymore and I need to look further into this. We need to be very careful, Frank. It is ours and everybody out there's duty to educate these newer people on why these principles work you know, the fundamentals of the free market, why this stuff's important, why government's never the answer, all of that. We have to make sure we do that and make them understand why so they move with us instead of the party being dragged more to the left and the center. It's very important. When I say party, I mean the group of us. Like, we can't have conservatism be dragged moderate because we have all these new people flooding in who don't really understand why conservatism works. We yeah, have to like, 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 like you're, like you're, like you mentioned her yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Precisely. Yep. Well, that's, I mean, that's it for today. We went long, Frank. We gave it a little extra treat. So it's been Have the a Friday, Friday show. Yeah, you've been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and... Beans! You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. And at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time live on Rumble and Getter. We will see you back here on Monday. Later. <laughs>